Hey there, welcome to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You're going to hear inspiring stories of men and women who are embracing their top five Clifton strengths in all kinds of ways. You'll be encouraged to understand more about what's so great about you. Learn how knowing, developing, and living more moments using your strengths can bring you joy and purpose in your life. I'm your host, Barbara Colwell. Hi there. Welcome to Embrace Your Strengths. You are going to love hearing from my next guest, Eric Bryant. He has a passion for helping others become the person that God created them to be. You're going to hear how as a high school student, Eric began to get a glimpse of how he didn't need to try to be someone else, but to become the very best version of who he was. He realized he wasn't the best guy for the maps, the money, or other details at a retreat, but he was really good at meeting and influencing others. His number one strength is futuristic. As you as you listen, you'll hear how he how seeing the potential for others, what could be for them, is a driving force for him. I love how he has helped design a seminar or retreat for people at his church to really understand who they are and what their purpose is through several different personality assessments and also their spiritual gifts. Be sure to listen to the end to hear about the amazing gift he gave his college-age daughter, which was so touching and meaningful. Also, it would mean so much if you have enjoyed any of the episodes of Embrace Your Strength to leave a review, subscribe, or rate it on Apple Podcasts. That way, more people can hear about it. Thanks so much. Enjoy hearing from Eric. Hi there. Welcome, Eric. I'm so glad to have you here today on Embrace Your Strengths. It is great to be with you. Thanks, Barbara. Yeah, I'd love for you just to take a few minutes to introduce yourself, who you are, and where you live, and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm living in South Austin. I've been here for about 11 years with my wife, Deborah, our two kids who are now young adults, Caleb and Trevi. Before serving at Gateway Church, which is where I'm at now, uh, I was at a church called Mosaic in Los Angeles. Uh, Our lead pastor there is Erwin McManus. Our pastor here in Austin is John Burke. Both are authors and amazing people. I've been so grateful to be able to serve alongside. And before that, I was in Seattle and helped plant a church up there for four years right out of college. My wife and I both grew up in Texas. So we love Austin. It's a it's a little bit of Texas and a little bit of the West Coast all rolled into one. Mm, that's great. Yeah, a lot of different connecting points. Um, you have got family in Seattle, and just it's fun to always hear those kind of things. Well, I loved. Um, I guess about a year ago, when um, our mutual friend Jennifer Carson introduced me to you, and I think because of just the love and excitement I have for people understanding just not only just their Clifton strengths, but really to be the person that God wants them to be. And I was so excited when we first talked to um, hear all the ways you're integrating so many different things about people to help them really understand just how great they are, but even to plug into what they might want to do and how to serve in the church or even just in their work. So tell me how how you 
we'll first maybe start with telling what your top five Clifton strengths are. And I know that you have a lot of expertise in a lot of these different things that help people understand themselves, but kind of like what got you wanting to understand all these things? Yeah, I'm a futuristic, positivity, woo, belief in communication. Those were the first uh, results I got back in 1999, I think it was. And I grew up in Texas, as I mentioned, with parents who were super faithful, unbelievably uh, hardworking, and they took us to church every Sunday, um, and they were eminently, eminently practical. And so what that meant is calling doesn't matter as much as what can you do to make money, you know? So <laughs> yeah. uh, at about age 17, after growing up, going to church and a few years of rebellion uh, called middle school and the first couple of years of high school, I really encountered God at a retreat where I felt called to be a pastor. And so I talked with my parents about that and they said, well, that's wonderful but you still need to get a, a business degree if you want us to pay for school. And I'm actually really glad they had me do that because that's been incredibly helpful over the years, whether planning a church or helping at a church. Um, and, and the many jobs I've had kind of in between churches, uh, the first two churches, uh, the one in Seattle and the one in LA, I was actually working in the real world while volunteering at those churches. And then in both cases, they brought me on. But I feel like college was really a wonderful time for me to start discovering more of who God created me to be with, again, loving parents, but parents who kind of had a, an idea of what their plan for my life was going to college and taking things like the Myers-Briggs assessment. I mean, it just opened my eyes. All of a sudden, I realized why I saw the world so differently from my parents. I'm an ENTJ, so that means I'm intuitive. Both my parents are sensing. And so literally, we just look at the world and we see different things. And so that began a journey for me of trying to understand, if I want to serve Jesus, how can I do that more effectively? Because I knew trying to be another version of Billy Graham or Rick Warren uh, wasn't what I was called to do. I was called to actually be the best, best version of me. And so it was very obvious to me that my experiences, my personality, all inform how I serve. So fast forward a few years later, 1999, I'm in Los Angeles. A UCLA professor introduces the staff team there to the StrengthsFinder. And he was actually friends with Donald Clifton. His name was Chip Anderson. His great innovation was he told Donald Clifton, you know, there's this new thing called the internet. You should take <laughs> this assessment. Instead of doing an interview with each person to determine their strengths, you should create a version of it to where anyone can take it online. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge innovation. But the first time I took it, I did not like my results. I was wanting other results. There's a, a category called thinking themes. And so many others on the team had intellection, strategic, ideation, and I had woo and, uh, <laughs> and positivity, which used to be called stimulator, which sounds like a relational laxative. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't really what I wanted. So I went up to Chip and told him that I said, I, 
I'm not really excited about these strengths. And he said, well, Eric, you remind me of Michael Jordan playing baseball, Mm. which at first sounded like a compliment. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player to ever live. Uh, But it soon turned into a rebuke. Uh, Michael Jordan should never have taken a break to play baseball. He was far too tall and couldn't hit a curveball. He basically said, Eric, get back on the right court. And it really liberated me. As a, as a youth pastor at the time, I thought it was my job to lead the caravan up to camp. And every year I would get the caravan lost. I should never have been in front. I'm not good with details. <laughs> I'm not good with maps. This is before yeah. GPS existed. Uh, and then when it comes to you know taking money for camp, I would leave checks in my wallet uh, and I wouldn't turn them in until later. And after it was already, you know, the person's asking, why didn't you cash my check for camp? I, I was just Oops. not very good at some of the details, but then I'm really good at recruiting. And so what he was basically helping me see is I can be very effective at what God's calling me to do if I just figure out how I'm best at doing it. So I recruited people good at organization who loved taking those checks and actually depositing them on time and, and leading the caravan up to church. But I could get a lot of those kids to camp because I was really good at recruiting. So that was kind of my journey into StrengthsFinder, for which I'm really grateful. It's, it's helped me immensely in my life. Was Futurist, that was your first um, take of it? You yes. had Futuristic, but you didn't really think that was that special. That's really a special strength. <laughs> well, in the end, what's funny is back then there were five categories. So futuristic was in what was called the mindset category. And I didn't realize how unique it was at the time. Um, ironically, Irwin, the pastor, also had futuristic. So that I knew that was certainly helping me understand kind of where he was wanting to go. Um, the thing about StrengthsFinder is it's really just a mirror back to you about yourself. And so oftentimes, especially when I was in my 20s, some of what are considered strengths by Gallup, I considered a weakness. And I didn't understand it fully. Like futuristic, for me, it was very hard to stay in the present. It was always, um, every. I was telling my daughter this yesterday, because uh, she's similar to me in this way. I, I told her every girl I met, I would map out the future with her mm-hmm. as my wife. You know, before we'd ever gone on <laughs> dates, because that's a smart thing to do in dating, I think. Well, in some ways, although it makes it way more pressure just to meet somebody. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunately, true. I I found uh, you know a girl who uh, puts up with my quirks, but but in the end, I've come to see each of these strengths as ways to grow. See, the strengths finder, what it's doing is not telling you where you're an expert; it's telling you where you have the most potential for growth. Now, we grew up in an education system that wants to fix your weaknesses, and maybe we had parents like that. And certainly, you don't want to not learn math and get ripped off at the grocery store. There's a certain amount of um, skills you need in life, like a minimum basic level of skill. Mm-hmm. But really, what StrengthsFinders is is an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to focus on these five areas where I have the capacity to become great. And I'm really going to focus on growing there. And I'm going to team with people who are strong in areas where I'm weak. That's part of the other aspect of 
The strengths finder I love is it really encourages partnership and valuing people who are different than you. And that's mm -hmm. where I've found it to be very helpful. Yeah. You put such great words to that. I love that. Well, as you kind of started to, to realize those were strengths, what, what does that look like in terms of, I mean, I, I can hear a little bit of just the things like you're saying of recruiting, gathering people, but is there anything that you did like, oh, wow, I'm really going to put more effort into this or develop this in a certain way? Or what, what, did, what did your growth, how, how's your growth journey looked with your strengths? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically what was really great about going through this with our leadership at our church is we all began to use this language. We talked to each other about our strengths. We would call out each other's strengths. Like I saw your, you know, your ideation in action right there, you know, and, and, and it started to give us permission to talk about what we're good at. Uh, oftentimes we don't feel that permission. Mm -hmm. And so by talking about what we're good at, by trying to grow at what we're good at, uh, there was an accountability of making progress together. That's what I found to be very helpful. I think certainly learning this on your own is better than not knowing it at all. But when you're part of a, a small group, uh, uh, a ministry team, a work group, that's all trying to develop your strengths, you can actually really hone those strengths together. Yeah. Well, and I love the, um, the seminar, I'm not sure what you call it, that y'all have put together for people at your church. What, what, how does that look and how do y'all implement that and what, how have you been encouraged by that? It's called Advance and we've been doing it for years and it's really based on what we started to do at Mosaic. This was another part of how we developed our own strengths. Eventually, Mosaic became a testing ground for Gallup. Uh, Mosaic is a very diverse church, and they were trying to figure out, you know, Gallup's known for a lot of its polls and its research, but not just the Strengths Finder. That's just one of its many tools. But they were trying to find a diverse organization, and they kept finding companies where there may be diversity in the workforce, but not in the boardroom or among the key leadership team. And our leadership team, our elders, our staff were very diverse, and so was our church. And so they actually took all, at the time, uh, 700 of us was how, how many people they took through the Strengths Finder. And then we started getting invited to other churches to help introduce the Strengths Finder. And then we started getting invited to other countries to introduce the Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. And so we created an event that we used to call Yellow, Y E L O. And there's a whole backstory behind why it was called that. Just the summary is it's kind of the idea of finding your uniqueness. But ultimately, that weekend included the Strengths Finder, the Myers Briggs, and the Character Matrix. The Character Matrix is based on the book Uprising by Erwin McManus. And the idea was we wanted to help people discover their uniqueness and find their calling. When you are naturally good at some things and you have a personality that makes you naturally um, live this way or that way, you still need to develop your character. And so that's where the aspect of faith came in. We would have all sorts of people come through this training that were not followers of Jesus, which is why we didn't have the spiritual gifts test as part of it. 
you know, we believe in the scriptures, it says that the Holy Spirit empowers us with spiritual gifts. And so the spiritual gifts are only for those of us who follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to introduce people to God through these assessments. And in a place like Los Angeles and the college towns that we started to go, when we went to places in Asia or Australia, New Zealand, I didn't get to go on this trip. They went to South Africa, but we were also in Europe. People love to learn about themselves. And so when they would come to discover their strengths and we talk about their personality and then we'd introduce the importance of character. You know, one of the things I used to say is Billy Graham and, and Adolf Hitler both had the same Myers-Briggs, you know, mm. one used his powers for good, one used his powers for evil. And so we care more about your character than your talent. So even though it was a weekend of, about developing your talents and strengths, we undergirded it with character and this idea that we believe God created you on purpose and for a purpose. And so we saw many people find faith in the midst of those weekends. Now here at Gateway over the years, more and more people have been introduced to these assessments at their work, at their college. And so what we've done is introduced it as a way to mobilize people into serving. So we've included uh, spiritual gifts as part of the weekend. But I have the same caveat. Spiritual gifts are for those who, who follow Jesus. And in some ways, the reason I like StrengthsFinder even more than the spiritual gifts assessments that are out there is if you've read the Bible enough and you've been in church enough, you know when you're reading the spiritual gifts assessment what gift you're saying yes to. You know, mm -hmm. you can answer the questions in a way that spin it in the direction you want it to. Whereas the strengths finder, it is so meticulously created. It is so scientifically backed. There is no way you'll necessarily know what you're saying. The answer yeah. will determine what your strengths are. In fact, it looks at not just what you answer, but how quickly you answer it to determine your strengths. So it's really incredibly well done. The chances of anyone else having the same top five is one in 33 million. So it's a definite uh, place of uniqueness. It doesn't, it's not like a snowflake, you know, there's only one of those ever, but it is very unique. Plus the chances of having the same strengths in the same order is 0.89, uh, you know, 89% chance that the second time you take it, you'll get the same results. So it's a really, really well-researched assessment that I think can help people discover their personality and their spiritual gifts. I've never met anyone um, that has the spiritual gift of evangelism that didn't have a little bit of woo in them, perhaps, for example, or you can reverse it around. If, mm -hmm. if you have woo, you might be really good at evangelism, for example. Woo is the strength for winning others over. Mm -hmm. You may not be the type that would uh, use apologetics. You might use more relational tactics to get to know someone. But I feel like uh, this introducing this in the context of a, a retreat where you're wrestling with it, you have time away from the distractions, you're also being introduced to other ways of seeing yourself. It's been a really life-changing experience for the people I've taken through it, and we still do it, um, you know, about three or four times a year at Gateway here in Austin. Hmm. That's great. Well, do you have like a really memorable story of like someone that when they 
understood their strengths or even at this retreat with the other assessments too, that just came away like, wow, I mean, just so encouraged or. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen lots of people. I mean, um, you know, just in a quick overview, I mean, a lot of people will take the strengths finder and it helps them determine what major uh, helps people know how to align with a career. Oftentimes what I say to people is, you know, this doesn't, this shouldn't necessarily change your job. It should change how you do your job. And then you might want to change your career at some point, you know, to, to match up more with what your strengths are. But Strengths Finder, Myers-Briggs, Spiritual Gifts, they don't really introduce the idea of passions. You know, they, they, they show you how you do things, whereas your passion, your calling, what's on your heart, those might inform where you're headed with those strengths. But there's one, it's funny, as soon as you ask that question, a person came to mind from my days in Los Angeles, and this was pretty early on in these workshops that we were doing. And she was a young woman, a USC student, and she left. She left early. And I saw her a few weeks later and asked her, you know, what happened? You know, usually people love this sort of thing. And she said to me, well, it was telling me everything I've been trying to change about myself my whole life. And it's not just because I didn't want to do this. It was my parents telling me, you shouldn't be so competitive. You shouldn't be mm. so bossy. And years go by and she had not only come to peace with these strengths, she had embraced them. Uh, she was uh, in her 20s, uh, one of the younger executives in an elevator company in the Southern California who basically realized the strengths of command and competition, which were for her, weren't feminine uh, they weren't affirmed in her. They weren't encouraged in her. And certainly as a young kid, you can use command to be pretty bossy. Yeah. And you can use competition to maybe try to beat people you should be nicer to. But once she added that character piece and really embraced the fact that she is a woman with these very strong strengths, it changed her life. She mm-hmm. actually liked herself. She actually was grateful to God for the way he created her instead of trying to be someone she wasn't. And I've seen that happen over and over again. Even in, in, in Austin, a woman who went through this assessment weekend with us, she came out of it with a real heart for um, people who are homeless. Um, she, she basically saw these strengths as her way of better serving the world. And when she linked it up with this heart she had for people that she saw hurting, um, she's actually been a part of creating a network that has mobilized hundreds of people over the years. And they're, they're this niche of they're not just trying to, you know, give somebody a sandwich on the side of the road. Certainly some people feel called to do that. And that could be exactly what God might want you to do in that moment. But they've worked really hard to find people who don't want to be on the street and give them what they need to get off the street. And that was a direct result of her embracing her passions, but also realizing the best way for me to do this is living out who God's called me to be in my strengths and my personality 
and my character are important in how I do that. Mm, wow. That's really inspiring. It's so neat. Well, what would you say, I mean, you've kind of hit on it a little bit, but like, how would you articulate what you're most passionate about in just this, this kind of thing or the other things that you do in your work? Like, what are your passions? Yeah. Well, my daughter is serving in Paris right now as a gap year missionary, which has been super fun and challenging for her and for us. We got to go visit her recently. So that was really, really fun. We took her to Rome, which we named her after the Trevi Fountain. Uh, oh. fountain we saw five years before she was born. We thought, what if we had a daughter one day? And uh, before she left on this trip, um, it was actually during quarantine, she'd asked me, Dad, before I move, would you write down everything you wished you knew before you had moved out of your parents' house? Now, I think she thought I'd just write, you know, several little ideas on a, a note card or, you know, bullet points or a letter. But her trip was delayed a year because of pandemic. So I ended up writing her a book. <laughs> and wow. at her farewell party, I surprised her with the book. It's called Fruitful, Becoming the Person God Created You to Be. And in that book, I really just write about a lot of what I wished I knew, but also what I discovered in my 20s. And there was a passage that Jesus teaches of the four soils. And just this idea that we have the capacity to be fruitful, that through our life, we could see a harvest 30, 60, 100 times what was sown, as long as we aren't like the first soil, which doesn't hear God's voice. They're not receptive. The second soil gives up too soon. They give into trials. The third soil gets distracted by temptations. As long as we can avoid those three things, then we can become productive, creative, generative, fruitful. And so for me, I found my passion is really helping people find their calling. And I love what I do at Gateway. We're a, a campus planting campus. And that gives us an opportunity to, to reach people in new parts of the city. Uh, Gateway is known for being a place where you can come as you are. We say we love everyone life by life. And so we end up with lots of people who are not sure about God and may have made all sorts of decisions in their life where they don't feel worthy of walking into a church, but they feel okay coming into a place like Gateway. And I feel like you know my passions are expressed in not just helping people find their calling, but being an advocate for those who don't yet know Jesus, you know, that's still a part of the journey towards discovering your calling. And so I think those two together are absolutely why God put me on this earth and what I love to do, helping people find faith and live out that calling that God has for their lives. Mm, wow. That's, that's so awesome. I love that. How did your daughter respond when she, Got the book. I would just oh, be in she, tears. She was in tears. And she's 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 an emotional person, but not a cry when you make do something meaningful person. So I was kind of surprised she got so teary-eyed. But what was really neat was to find out later she had really rediscovered her faith at age 17 after pretty much the same experience as mine, kind of walking away in middle school in the early years of high school. And what was cool to find out later was the word fruitful was one of the words that God really used 
early in her new walk with Jesus um, of just feeling called to be fruitful in her life. And in fact, it was such an important word for her. It was part of her Instagram password. So when she saw the book title called Fruitful, and it's a gift from me to her and what she needs to know to live her life, uh, it was just a bit overwhelming for her. So gosh, yeah, it's been fun over this last year. She'll ask questions or be struggling with this or that, and I'll be able to reference her to, well, Remember that story I, I talked about in chapter two or <laughs> have mm. you yet read chapter four? You know, it's been really neat to just kind of walk with her in this kind of new life outside the home, following Jesus, trying to live out her calling. But yeah, it's it's been a real gift to see her growing. And and it's a it's a gift uh, to see other people, you know, enjoying the book and referencing it. It's actually what we do now at, at Advance. It's a part of the weekend as well. That's a book we give everybody who comes through that with us. So can other people buy the book? Yeah, absolutely. It's on Amazon. Okay. Or you can go to ericbryant.org and just click on books and you'll see that one as well as the other one I wrote called Not Like Me. And that one's about loving and serving and reaching people who might vote differently, look differently, make different moral choices. It's about how we engage in our very, very diverse world. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's great. Well, I'm going to go order that book right away. So, well, um, this is just so encouraging just to hear just your just the tracks that you've made in helping people understand how God's made them. And like you said, help people find their purpose. And I don't know about you, but when I see someone just in their element, it just excites me to, to think, I mean, I always think, ask them, what are your, have you taken Clifton strengths? Do you yeah. know what they are? But, but if, if they have, or they haven't, but just like, that's what we all long for to be doing something we love and that we're made for and we're passionate about. So, um, well, um, what encouragement would you give our listeners? Um, you know, we've kind of hit on a little bit, but especially people that might just be wondering about who they are, what their strengths might be or what they should do with their life. Well, I would just recommend lean into your faith and lean into your faith community. Uh, when you, when you do that, you're, you're moving closer towards God's heart. In fact, John Burke recently said something that I thought was so profound. He said, we're most like God when we serve. Just looking at Philippians chapter two and how God himself came to to earth and walked among us, gave his life for us, emptied himself for us. And so if you're not sure what to do, just do the dishes, right? Just, Just do the next right thing right in front of you to serve another person, to love another person. Jesus said, if you lose your life in serving, that's when you find your life. And I've found that to be true in my life, that the more I can just lean into my faith and serving my faith community and serving with my faith community, the people who aren't yet in my faith community, I can usually discover more of what God has for me, just taking that next right step right in front of me. Mm, That's great advice. Well, um, one last question um, I love to ask people that I talk to. What has brought you joy recently or put a mm. smile on your face? Well, it's hard not to go back to the Trevi Fountain 
I mean, it was just a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. taking my daughter there. We had her close her eyes mm -hmm. as we came around the corner. And the fountain is beautiful. There's no doubt. It's a, yes. it's a wonderful fountain. It's 300 years old, I think. But what was really special about it was just to know we named her Trevi because the story is that's where, um, in that location where a young maiden took these thirsty Roman soldiers to save their life by bringing them to this water. And we wanted her to bring people to the living water. And her middle name is Rachel, which Rachel has a, a story about bringing, you know, her future husband's uh, sheep to the water. And so all that to say, uh, Trevi Rachel, someone we wanted to see grow up to bring people to the living water, to see her as a missionary this year in between her sophomore and junior year of college, being able to share her story of, of coming to faith in French with mm. other people and seeing some of them start coming to the church. Like it's just been unbelievably beautiful. And I'm so grateful for that gift to see her in action like that. Mm. Gosh, what a gift. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for what you're doing, Barbara. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Well, thank you for taking time to visit with me and I um, appreciate it. Is there any other way? Well, you mentioned how people could get in touch with you through your website or anything else. Yeah. I mean, Eric at ericbryant.org or the website ericbryant.org. Those are ways to see some of the free resources we have up or if you have questions I can help with. I also have a podcast called the Post-Christian Podcast in which I interview people who are reaching out to people who might see Christianity in their past or places like Europe or mm -hmm. Austin where it may have been two or three generations ago that faith was even a part of their life. So that's another resource for folks who might be interested. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eric. This has been a delight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this time has given you hope and encouragement about how amazing you are or helped you understand someone you know or work with or love. If you're curious about your top five strengths, you can take the assessment at cliftonstrengths.com. If this episode's been helpful to you, please leave a review share the podcast with a friend, or subscribe to Embrace Your Strengths podcast. You can find more information at barbaracolwell.com. -E I sure look forward to our next time together. Take care.